0: Hi, I'm Rumbi, and I'm just a normal Christian girl doing what she loves to do, and that's speaking about Jesus. Welcome to my podcast. A space where we motivate, encourage, and help each other work boldly in our journeys with God. Each week, we discuss lessons from the Bible, relevant topics, and much more. So grab your Bible, bring your coffee and pens, and let's dive straight into today's episode. I'm your host, Rumbi Zatchamisa, and welcome to Just A Normal Christian Girl Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Just A Normal Christian Girl Podcast. Happy New Year, happy 2022. Guys, it is so crazy because January is nearly over and we are heading into the month of Feb. And things are just going so fast. But regardless, I could not wait to see all the amazing things God is going to do this year. In the last episode of 2021, I spoke about the story of Lot's life and how we need to learn to not look back at the past, but instead move forward in faith. And so, as we start the month of February, as we continue in 2022, let's not dwell in the past. Let's not dwell at what happened in 2021. And you know, if we are to look back at 2021, that should be to reflect or to remind ourselves of what God did in the past and to remind ourselves of his faithfulness, to build our faith and give us courage and strength to move forward in 2022, not to remind ourselves what we lost and all that stuff. So guys, let us do 2022 full of faith and trust in Jesus. You know, we might not know what's going to happen this year. We might not know what lies ahead. But whatever happens, we can put our faith and hope in Jesus. Because he's got our backs. He will never let us down. And we know that he has got a purpose. So let us wait expectantly to see what God's going to do this year. So guys, in today's episode, I wanted to share with you some of my favorite Bible verses and why I like them so much. But before we get into that, I just wanted to remind you, just a friendly reminder from your fellow sister in Christ, that God is in control of everything. And so you do not need to worry. I was in my bed the other day and I was worrying and anxious about something That in reality, if we compared it to other things that were happening around the world, it was so small. But, you know, in my mind, it was big. You know, if we keep worrying about something, it only seems bigger in our heads. Your mountain, your giant, only seems bigger when you give it your attention, when you take your eyes off Jesus and place it on what you're going through, When you allow yourself to place all your attention on it, that's when it only seems bigger in our heads. So anyway, I was worrying about something in the future that I had zero control over, but I was worrying about this thing because I had no clue what was going to happen next. And so I had to ask myself this question. Rambi, why are you worrying about something? God is already taken care of. Why do we worry over things God has already taken care of? I said this in a past episode, Holy Heartlines, that when we worry, it does not benefit us. It only shows our lack of faith and trust in Jesus. I also mentioned this quote by Hannah Whitfield-Smith, and it says, "'You find no difficulty in trusting the Lord,' with the management of the universe and all the outward creation? And can your case be any more complex or difficult than these? That you need to be anxious or worried about his management of it. Guys, I don't know how many of us do physics, but I think we can all agree that the things we worry about on the daily are not more complex and complicated than what is happening in the universe. And if we can trust God with all that, why can't we trust him with the little things that go on in our lives? And guys, you know, there are so many scriptures that tell us not to worry, like Philippians four, verses six seven that says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer petition with thanksgiving, present your crest to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. And guys, you know, these aren't just pretty verses that we put on our Instagram or for our wallpapers. No, these are commands from God. And there's a reason behind everything that God tells us not to do. And so, instead of worrying about what's going to happen next in our lives... About what's gonna happen in 2022, let's do what scripture tells us to do. Let's be doers of the word of God. So instead of worrying, let's bring our worry to Jesus. 1 Peter 5, verse 7 Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So, guys, I just wanted to start off this episode by reminding you that God is in control of everything and you can trust in Jesus. Do not worry about tomorrow, as scripture says, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So guys, let us start the month of Feb. Let us continue 2022, the second episode of 2022, full of faith, full of trust in Jesus, and less of worry in our circumstances. Amen. So guys, as I said before, in today's episode, I'll be sharing with you my favorite Bible verses. Now, these are just some of them, not all, and I didn't choose these verses based on how good they sound or how popular they are, but rather how impactful they've been in my life. So some of these are my favorite verses. Some of them are verses I am constantly coming back to. Some of them just remind me of very important things. I have a feeling this might be a long episode. This is actually the fourth time I'm recording this, so I know it's a long episode. So get comfy, grab a snack, get some popcorn, some peanut M&Ms, something hot to drink, and let's dive straight into the word of God. So the first one is Zechariah 4 verse 10, and it says, Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. One of the things my family does, well, at least my parents, is that when it's Christmas or your birthday, they give us a card. And in that card, there will be like a Bible verse that reminds them or speaks to them about us or where we are at at a specific season of our lives. And so this past Christmas, this is one of the verses that my parents gave me. Guys, this is honestly just one of those verses that give me hope. And encourage me to keep going, to keep moving forward, to keep putting in the work, even when I don't see the results, even when the results are so small. So, if we look at this verse in context, guys, context is super important. We find ourselves in the rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem. So, the Israelites were at first building the wall. But while they were building, they were facing a lot of opposition. They were fighting their enemies while trying to rebuild the wall. And so they quit. They quit for many years. But after many years had gone by, they started to rebuild again. And this is what, excuse my pronunciations, Zerubbabel, who was in charge of the rebuilding, says to them. Even though what you are doing now seems so small do not despise it, keep going. And we see that after they decide to keep rebuilding, it only takes them about four years to finish. Now, I guess me saying four years, it sounds like a long time. But if you think about it, the people back then lived long, long, extremely long lives. So four years was like nothing to them. Yes, at first things seemed small, as if they weren't going anywhere, but after they worked consistently, after they made the mental decision that, hey, things aren't going to happen quickly, no, we're in this for the long haul, after they were faithful in what they were doing, after they did their part and allowed God to do His, what seemed so small in the beginning became something in the end that they can be proud of. As we start 2022, I think a lot of us have goals, new resolutions, things we want to change in our lives, and in order for us to accomplish what we set out to do, we first need to start. I think that the first and hardest part is to start. In the beginning, when we first start something, for example, if you want to lose weight, start a business, change our behavior, Things are going to start off small. The results are going to be small. And you know, that can be very discouraging, right? But even though at first things will start off small, I love this verse because it gives me so much encouragement. Do not despise these small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. And also when God says, Do not doubt these days. It shows that he knows that somewhere along the journey, we're gonna feel like giving up because we won't be able to see how what we're going through now can lead to a big result. Guys, I love this verse because if God is telling me, Rimbi, don't doubt these days are small beginnings. Best believe I am not good at doubt these days. And also, if you think about it, Nothing is impossible for God, right? If God really wanted to, he could just give us a quick shortcut to reach our goals. He could just give us an instant miracle so we could reach our goals quickly and easier. But he doesn't. No, God wants us to go the long way. Now, we shouldn't misunderstand this verse. This verse does not mean that if we keep going, if we keep pushing, persevering, what seems small now is going to lead to a big result, it's going to lead to what we wanted it to lead to. No, it doesn't mean that. It means that these days of small beginnings may seem, well, small and insignificant. But they are not a mistake. They are not wasted. If we were given the result right away, guys, we would not learn anything from the journey. God does things in these seasons. God works things in us. He works things out of us. He prepares us for things. He teaches us things. These seasons of small beginnings are not wasted. So Zechariah 4 verse 10. Do not despise his small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. So the next one is 1 Corinthians 6 verse 12. So I want to read this verse to you guys in three different versions, because I feel like every version kind of gives you a different perspective on the verse, or maybe it's just me. So the first one is in the CSB version, Christian Standard Bible, and it says, Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. The next one is the CEV version, Contemporary English version, and it says, Some of you say, we can do anything we want to, but I tell you that not everything is good for us. So I refuse to let anything have power over me. Now, guys, I love the way the message version puts it. And it says, just because something is technically legal, doesn't mean it's spiritually appropriate. If I went around doing whatever I thought I could get away with, I'll be a slave to my whims. Guys, this is one of those verses I come to, whenever I'm feeling tempted, whenever I want to do something, I know deep down in my heart, I know I shouldn't do. It doesn't even have to be sin related. This verse just helps me. Yes, I may want to sin. Yes, I may want to do this thing. Yes, I have the ability to do it. Again, everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Just because everyone else is doing something, just because it seems right through the perspective and eyes of the world, doesn't mean it's spiritually appropriate. As a child of God, I was bought at a price. And it was expensive. So I refuse to let anything in this world master over me. The only thing that can master over me is The only thing that is lord over my life is Jesus. But I refuse to let any sin, any bad habit, take control over my life and have master over me. So this is just one of those verses that I am continuously saying to myself. It's one of those verses I've memorized in my head so that whenever I need it, I got it. So 1 Corinthians 6 verse 12. Everything is permissible for me but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. The next one is Matthew 10 verse 28, and it says, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Now, you might be thinking, Rumbi, Why the heck is this one of your favorite Bible verses? Now, let me explain. When I first read this verse a while back, it did not give me comfort at all and actually made me pretty scared. It was one of those verses for me that I read and just did not come back to for a very specific reason. But that was in the past. Right now, This is one of my favorite verses because it really helped change my perspective towards certain things. So as I started high school, I realized that I feared people, not necessarily the person, but rather their opinions. So, you know, when I first started high school, I would be like, yeah, I fear God more than people. Yeah, I care what God says about me over what other people say about me. But then my actions would totally contradict that statement. When I would do things in order to not be judged by others, when I would do things in order to be liked and accepted by others, but in the process, disobey God. You know, if you fear people over God then you will listen to people over God. You will do what other people tell you to do, even if it means disobeying God. So at first, this verse gave me some good conviction and made me realize that I needed to switch my perspective and my mentality. You see, I was living with a now mentality. My fear of people was based on what they could do to me in the prison, how they could make my life more difficult now. I mean, guys, high school? Is already really difficult and now people on top of that? <laughs> no, thank you. So yeah, how they could negatively impact my life on earth now. So it's good to have a now mentality, but we also need, this is important, guys, we also need to learn to live with eternity in mind. So if we look at the context of this verse, again, context is super important. So this is Matthew chapter 10. So if you read verses 1 to 15, Jesus gives his disciples authority over unclean spirits to heal sicknesses and diseases. And then he gives them instructions and sends them out to the people to spread the good news of the kingdom of God and to heal people in his name. And then in verses 16 to 25, Jesus warns them and tells them that things will not be easy. He says that they will be hated by everyone because of his name, that they will face prosecution because they are followers of Jesus. And guys, the same is true for us today. Following Jesus will not be easy. And just like the disciples in this situation, because of what they will face, because of what we as followers of Jesus today will face, it's tempting. And it's easy to want to fear man, to fear people, because it's not like it's one person being mean to you or making your life more difficult, but it's a lot of people. And so it's easy to get discouraged and fear people. But Jesus is telling us here, do not fear what people can do to you. Yes, they can negatively impact your life now. Yes, they can make your life more miserable and hard now. They can even cause death upon you. Do not fear those who can only kill the body. I think the worst thing that can happen is a death part, right? But even in that, we know that we are going somewhere. Guys, this is not our permanent home. The Bible says that we are foreigners. We are strangers on this earth, in this world. But we are citizens. Hello, people. We are citizens in the kingdom of God. Hebrews 13 verse 14 says, For this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. So yes, we will face hardship now, but we can look forward to an eternity in heaven with Jesus. And as Romans 8 verse 18 says, For I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. I put this verse as one of my favorites because this verse to me is just a constant reminder to fear god over everything else you know my dad used to say this to me he said enjoy life don't take it too seriously but fear god if there's one thing you need to take seriously in this life it is god So Matthew 10 verse 28, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. The next one is 1 Corinthians 13 verses 4 to 8. Now this is more than just one verse, it's actually four verses, but I just felt like I couldn't isolate one of the verses, and that I needed to include the whole thing. So it says, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, Always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. Guys, I love these verses. As Christians, I think one of the most important things we are called and told to do is loving others. And, you know, this is seen in countless verses throughout the Bible. For example, when Jesus says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is this, love your neighbors as yourself. Also, when Jesus says that the world, everyone will know that we are his disciples if we love one another. And so love is a very important component in this Christian life. After reading these verses a lot of times, it made me ask myself this question and I encourage you to ask yourself the same question. Am I loving God's way? Am I loving the way God has called me to love? I think to some degree we all have our own definition of love, how to love, what it means to love someone and if you actually think about it, Even the devil has his own definition of love because, you know, God will say something and the devil will take what God says and turn it into a lie. You know, God says this is love and the devil will take what God says and create a counterfeit, a fake version of the word of God and then, you know, feed the lie to people. But whatever definition of love we listen to, at the end of the day, in all things, The word of God, the Bible, God is the final authority. And so this is what the Bible, this is what God says love is. And to me, when I read these verses in my head, it's kind of like a checklist. And so I ask myself, Rumbi, are you being patient? Are you being kind? Are you forgiving others? Are you feeling bitter or jealous towards someone? And you know, if my answer to any of these questions is no, because sometimes it is like patience, sometimes it can be a struggle when dealing with certain people. And so, you know, I can bring that up to God and ask him to help me love his way. Because, guys, it's easy to not love God's way. It's easier, and because it's easier, it's more tempting to just go with the flow and love other people how we see fit in the situation and, you know, based on our feelings towards them. It's tempting not to want to love all people God's way. Because, you know, as Christians, we are told to love our enemies and pray for those who prosecute us. But sometimes it's hard to love our enemies and pray for those who prosecute us. So to me, these verses are like the standard of what love looks like God's way. And so I try to compare my life to God's standard. I love these verses because, again, they're verses I can constantly come back to to remind myself of what actual love looks like. Not what people say love is. Not what TV shows and movies say love is. No, what God says love is. And you know, come to this verse afterwards and see. Okay, Rumbi, are you loving the right way? So 1 Corinthians 13 verses 4 to 8. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always preserves. The next one is Psalms 150 verse 6 and it says, Let everything that is breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is just one of those very simple, very beautiful verses that honestly just remind me to worship. Guys, when was the last time we worshiped and praised God? We, you and I, we were created to worship and praise God. Let everything that is breath praise the lord but sometimes we worship the wrong things you know if you were to read some of the books in the old testament you would read countless examples of people worshiping things other than god worshipping things like idols. For example, if you were to read Exodus chapter 32, you would read about how the Israelites were worshipping a golden calf instead of God. They were exchanging their glory for useless idols. And you know, that is actually what one of the 10 commandments tell us not to do. So Exodus 20 verses 4 to 5 says, Do not make an idol for yourself, whether in the shape of anything in the heavens above or on the earth below, or in the waters under the earth. Do not bow in worship to them and do not serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. I love how the message version puts the same verse I just read. It says, No carved gods of any size, shape, or or form of anything whatsoever, whether things that fly, walk, or swim. I love how the message version puts it because it shows us that idols don't just take the form of statues or golden calves like what people did in the olden days. There's this book that I encourage you guys to read. It's called Idols of the Heart, and I want to read to you guys a quote from the book, and it says. Even though we don't bow down to stone statues or make bowls of food to set before our gods, we worship idols in other ways. Idols aren't just stone statues. No, idols are the loves, thoughts, desires, longings, and expectations that we worship in the place of the true God. They're the things that we invest our identity in. They're what we trust. Guys, idols can be people, it can be food, it can be money, it can be fame, clothes, beauty, anything. And you know, what I've really noticed is that sometimes we can be so blind to our own sin. Sometimes we worship things, we worship our own version of idols, we worship things that aren't God and we do not even realize it. So I encourage you to pray and ask God to show you if you might be worshipping something that isn't him. I was having a conversation with my dad this one time and he told me this. He said that our joy is not complete until we verbalize it. I want to read to you guys a quote by C.S. Lewis, and this is a quote from his book called Reflections on the Psalms, and it further emphasizes what I just said. And it says, I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses, but completes the enjoyment in its anointed consumption. It is not out of compliment that lovers keep on telling one another how beautiful they are. The delight is incomplete until it is expressed. It is frustrating to have discovered a new author and not be able to tell anyone how good he is. To come suddenly at the turn of a road upon some mountain of unexpected gradual and then have to keep silent because the people with you care for it no more than a tin can in the ditch. To hear a good joke and find no one to share it with. As I said earlier, we were made to worship. Now, we worship God because he is our father, he is our creator, and guys, he is worthy of all the honor and all the praise. But we need to understand that God is worthy of all the honor and all the praise, even if we do not praise him. God is already all-powerful, he's already all-knowing, he's already almighty. And so when we praise him, it doesn't add to who he is. It doesn't make God more powerful. No, he is already all-powerful. When we worship God, it doesn't benefit him, it benefits us. Our joy is incomplete until we express it, until we verbalize it. When we praise Him, when we express our love for Him, it completes our joy. So if you're feeling a bit sad, if you're lacking some good old joy, praise God. I love this verse, guys, because it just gives me a daily reminder to every day, lift up my hands high and praise the Lord. And you know, praising God doesn't only look like singing songs to Him, but we can praise God through our actions like prayer and thanksgiving or when we're giving offerings to him. So Psalms 150 verse 6, let everything that is breath, praise the Lord, baby, praise the Lord. So guys, the last verse I want to share with you is found in James 1 verses 2 to 4. And it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you are facing trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. When I was first reading the book of James, obviously, I came across this verse. But when I first read it, I did not understand it. I mean, how can you find joy in suffering? I think a lot of us, if we were to reflect back at 2021, there were many good things that happened that we were put in the joy category. But there were also bad things that happened that we just want to skip over and forget. But James is telling us yeah. The trials and hardships you've been through count it all joy. Consider it all joy. I was listening to an episode of this podcast called I Just Want to Talk About the Bible. And this is one of my favorite Christian podcasts. And the guy said something very interesting. He said, we are so concerned about what is happening around us. The hardships we are facing. The trials we're going through. While the Lord may very well be doing something in us. Yes, God cares about what is happening around us. He cares about how we feel. But He is also concerned about our character, our spirit. When we go through trials, guys, when we are tested, it builds our faith. It builds our trust in Jesus. It builds our character. And as a scripture I read just said, The testing of your faith, it does something. The testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. This verse has become one of my favorites because it helped shift my perspective on going through sufferings and hard times. You know, I try no longer view trials as seasons that are only for suffering or seasons that are wasted. But these are times where my character is built, where my faith is strengthened. So I'm learning to count it all joy. And in moments where it's hard to consider it all joy, where it's hard to see how the suffering you're going through can be considered as joy... I try to focus on God's promises that he will be with me no matter what and he will never leave me nor forsake me that he will fight my battle for me and that he will never allow me to go through something I cannot handle so guys those are my favorite bible verses and why I love them so much of course not all of them there are literally so many verses in the bible these are just some of them. I know a lot of us went back to school. I went back to school on the 12th of Jan. And so for those who are in school, I wish you a good academic year, a good sports year, a good culture year. I hope you work hard and make yourself proud this year. Guys, I cannot wait for another Bible chat where I going to speak to you guys about the Bible, about the Word of God. But in the meantime. I do hope that you're praying. I do hope that you're spending time in the word of God. As always, remember and never forget, Jesus loves you. Peace.